0: Hey, everybody, and welcome into the New England Ski Journal Base Camp podcast. I am Eric Wilbur, editor of the New England Ski Journal. I am joined by my co host, Mike Spiesian. Mike, hello. Hello, Eric. How are you today? I am good. It's a little, uh, as we record this, it's still a little warm and wet. And uh, people are, are getting a little antsy about the lack of snow, but the the cold's supposed to be coming in. It's it, it has been a little jarring to see some images on social media from one week to the next where it's it's a semi winter wonderland one week and then a few days later, it's just grass and rocks. Skiing is still open, but a couple places have already delayed openings that were supposed to be midweek. So again, a rough start to the season. But I think by now we've probably started to learn that december is not necessarily the best month to go anywhere
1: it's a slow start to the season by all means but everybody i talked to somebody earlier today concerning the west and they were saying how the west has all this snow well i went and did a little research this little thing called on snow and did ski report lists for each state all right let's hear it okay so mammoth mountain on fire right now the northwest a ton of snow down in telluride guess what
0: they're getting hammered
1: they're not they're getting nothing Nothing. that whole southwest corner of colorado is fairly dry so is tiles new mexico a basin five trails open wow okay wachusett has more trails than (laughs) a basin right now so let's not poo-poo what's going on here. We're yeah, going to turn the, vertical, the corner. You know, what's yeah, the what's, the, what's the vertical? Well, it has a thousand right now, so we'll take it. Pretty good.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I, I I don't panic at this point in the season. It's it's just way too early. For God's sakes, I haven't even picked up my kids' seasonal rentals. For God's sake. So I, I, I think that if we're if we're in panic mode in December, then there's a problem because if we get into by the time we get to January, we're going to have that January thaw. And then we're going to have February, and then February hopefully is when we're going to get the bulk of our snow. Last year, that was not the case, and that's what I I think aided in being such a weak season for snow. This year, we're 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 keeping our fingers crossed. Like maybe this warm spell is by the time you hear this podcast, maybe the warm spell will be a, a long, forgotten memory. But for right now, as we sit here in you know the first couple weeks of December, it is a little. It's tough to make the plans to go because there's not much out there. The word is frustrating. Frustrating. Yes. Frustrating is the word. But here we go. The eternal optimist
1: that I am. After the first of the year, we're going cold. It's going to snow and we're not going to have another thaw until April. Come wow. on. Okay. I'll, I'll buy it. There's, I'll take it. There's the word. And we're going to be skiing trees. We're going to be skiing fresh. And those people that like groomed terrain, there isn't going to be any ice underneath. It's
0: just going to be corduroy. That sounds like the perfect scenario. Well, so you're predicting a perfect scenario. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm an optimist. Optimism, so I'll take it, optimism, yeah. <laughs> optimism.
1: We got we got to roll with it here because we're snow farmers. If we're not optimists,
0: we'd have to stop doing this gig. Right. I I totally agree. So obviously, snowmaking is hugely important this time of year, particularly in New England. But even some temperatures have made that a tough call too. They've they've made it difficult to make snow. But one place it's not as difficult is is Sugarloaf Mountain Resort, which is up in northern Maine, where they're a lot colder than we are, and they get a lot they get a lot more snow than we do down here. That's for sure. They are opening and running, and Sugarloaf is not a place that I've been to frequently. In fact, I've been there only one time, and um, it was it was quite the experience. But it's one of those places that I just have never gotten back to for one reason or the other Sugarloaf for me is one of my favorites in new england
1: mm-hmm. by far we it must have been when my son was probably six years old we started going up there for a week a year and it has been pretty religious that we get we have been up there. It's been a great place for him to grow up skiing on this thing called the Moose Caboose when he was young. But also cutting his teeth on steeper terrain has, as he got older. So Sugarloaf has everything to offer everybody. It is one of the largest mountains in New England. And when you look at it, when you drive up, it's like... My goodness,
0: this, yeah. is, this is big. They, they call it Oh My Gosh Corner because once you take that turn, you say, Oh my gosh, or some derivative of that at least. It is one of the, the most impressive sights in New England, right? Just to kind of be driving along and it's not in sight. It's not in sight, And then all of a sudden, bam, there it is. And it's just a, I don't think intimidation is the right word, but it, it is kind of a sign of, okay, this is your day, pal. This is what you're going to deal with. Now go for it.
1: Yes, it is big. And and yes, I can see where it can be very intimidating with the size of it. It is a mountain that endears people to it. I know so many people on the North Shore of Boston that that is their home. That's where they live. That's where they ski when they're not down in the Boston area. It's a long trip from Southern Connecticut, but I can tell you it's worth it. Sure.
0: Yeah. And I mean, sugar loafers are no- notorious They're Well, it's either between... Sugarloaf or Mad River Glen, who has the most bumper stickers across the entire globe, right? I mean, we, we see Sugarloafers in Asia, Europe, South America. They're always there. And I would argue it's it's an easier sticker than the long Mad River Glen. But that's a discussion for another day. Sugarloafers are a unique breed, right? They, they are, like you said, they're bred with the mountain. They are part of the mountain and part of the experience overall.
1: Well... In their advertisements, on pictures all around Sugarloaf, when you see somebody like a Seth Westcott, you know, that, that snowboarder that made fame across the world, it's attached his year, his first year at Sugarloaf. And that is everywhere. So you're going to see people that have 62 as their first year at Sugarloaf, right? It's... It's incredible the commitment people have to the mountain and what the mountain
0: gives back to the people. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, Sugarloaf, it's, it, it does seem like it's a where other resorts are sort of maybe one once upon a time were intertwined with their community is a lot less of that now. That's not the case at Sugarloaf. Sugarloaf is Carabasset Valley and Carabasset Valley is Sugarloaf and Carabasset Valley Academy is Sugarloaf and vice versa. And there is really such an identity there that you don't get at a lot of other places.
1: There are very few that places like Sugarloaf as we come closer to the metro areas. Mm -hmm. Sugarloaf is a sense of community. I sort of parlay it like a magic mountain is part of the community and That's a good one. That area or Berkshire East, who we've talked to. Mm -hmm. So Sugarloaf, as big as it is, was owned by the Boeing Corporation. It's got a large corporation behind it. It still has a down-home feeling. Kingfield is a beautiful area, a great town to visit. Stratton, all the way over to Rangeley, Maine to Saddleback. They're all up there together and just a wonderful area
0: to recreate, and become part of a unique community. Joining us on the program coming up next is Ethan Austin. He's he's the longtime marketing and communications director up at Sugarloaf. Arguably no one knows the mountain better than he does. As well as Tom Butler, vice president of skier services. They've got some great insight on the resort. So stick with us and we'll be right back get ready to winter like you mean it make tracks to stratton for a big mountain experience with corduroy cruisers treeline trails new terrain parks miles of glades all with snow so great it's guaranteed book your lodging at the heart of the resort and discover everything you love about winter is right outside your door like snow tubing snowmobile tours snowshoe treks cross-country skiing then there's stratton village for shopping dining après, and late nights stratton.com to save on lift tickets and lodging packages great glen trails outdoor center is your one-stop adventure destination this winter no lift lines just great grooming and magical vistas classic snow tubing hill with hot cocoa and s'mores on the weekends Try a guided snow coach tour. Grab your reservation to Treeline on Mount Washington. Private and group lessons for skiers of all ages and all abilities. Evening snowshoe tours and so much more. Check the website for booking options and details as well. Greatlandtrails.com. We'd like to welcome into the program Ethan Austin, Marketing and Communications Director at Sugarloaf Mountain Resort and Tom Butler, Vice President of Ski Services. Gentlemen, welcome and uh, thanks for joining us on the Basecamp Podcast. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thank you. Well, Sugarloaf is one of those spots that I enjoy
1: to get to every year. It is a real special spot to myself and my family. Ethan, why don't you give us some history on Sugarloaf and Boyne owns it now. Tell us what Boyne is doing. Well,
2: Boyne's doing a lot. We've been part of the the Boyne family of resorts since uh, 2007, I think. So we are we are well into that ownership period, and they they've been great for Sugarloaf. They they really care about the experience and the operation. They care about the uh, the local history and the the local flavor that makes each of their resorts unique. They're not on the, the business of of making McMountains, Mountains as it were. They're, they they really let each resort exist on its own and have its own character. And that is, if you've been to Sugarloaf, that's that's really important for Sugarloaf because people are are very protective of it up here. It's a, it's a big part of their lives, a big part of their identity. And uh, Boyne has has been been really great for that. They also a lot of investment in the resort in in the resort infrastructure at the beginning, particularly addressing some things that that were overlooked during in, in the years leading up to them purchasing the resort. So it's it's been great. The resort is in great shape, and we've got big plans for the future. And we couldn't we really couldn't ask for a better situation than to be part of Boyne Resorts. I recently did a a, a story on Okemo for the New England Ski Journal, and I argued that.
0: The approach through Ludlow was one of the better approaches in New England as you get closer to the mountain and get, get to see it in view. But nothing compares to Sugarloaf and the quote unquote, oh my gosh, corner. Does that ever get old to you? And and what is what makes that corner, that turn, so part of the skiing experience at Sugarloaf every time they that someone takes it?
2: Yeah, it's kind of a just a, a unique, I guess, geographic blessing that <laughs> that exists there. You really don't see the mountain at all you get peaks of it in kingfield if you know where to look but you really it is not visible at all until the second you come around that corner and then it is right there in your face and it is it's huge and they answer the first part of the question no it, it doesn't get old especially when you hit it on a, a sunny morning and there's fresh snow and the the summit is all covered in white and it 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 doesn't get old you get the same feeling you did the the first time you saw the mountain it doesn't get old to
1: me every time I drive up out, out of Farmington. It is one special spot coming along the Carabasset River there. Tom, as head of skier services, why don't you give the listeners sort of a perspective and a breakdown of what the ski area has for beginners, intermediates, and advances?
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's you know, it's a great mountain for that. And just as Ethan said, when you come around on Lavash Corner, the first thing that that strikes you is, that is really Big. And the once you get beyond it, then it kind of teases you because you get beyond oh my gosh corner. And then you really can't see it again until you're coming up the access road. And you get for me, the oh my gosh spot is about midway up the access road, come a little bend in the road, and then you get to see that the real pitch. And I always am awestruck by by how it looks, how impressive it looks, but I also really want to reassure people that there's something for everybody here and he goes, you don't want to get on there and go like a learn to skier well how am I going to learn on that it goes well th- there's plenty of stuff for people to learn on so when you come to the base area so you park your car you're going to be getting onto a shuttle and it's going to drop you off right in the base area and for a beginner whether you're taking a lesson or you're there with friends all of the just some fantastic beginner pitches are right around the base area in a really great progression. So you get on the snow, our beginner terrain, very beginner terrain is just below the base lodge and it's close by and you ride a cheer lift that takes you right through the village. So it really gives you a, a feeling of you're part of this, this whole operation that's going on, especially on a weekend or a vacation week. And then for an intermediate, as you start to explore, we have to just, just some really great terrain, the Wiffle Tree pod of trails that's over to the looker's left when you're looking up at the mountain, just a dedicated high-speed quad that's over there, just wonderful trails that give you, again, amazing views of the mountain. And then once you're good with that, there's even more intermediate trails further up on the hill, off the super quad kind of in the tote road section, tote road, windrow area of the mountain. And it's something for everybody. And it the advanced, the advanced terrain is obvious. You can see it. Anything straight down the front face of the mountain definitely gets your attention. It's some of the best steep skiing that you'll find. And classic New England skiing, stuff that fall, follows your fall lines, tight trees and Bump runs on our winter's way, the very first trail that was cut here at Sugarloaf is uh probably one of the just iconic bump runs in the east, right alongside it is bubble cover, a couple of trails over, just a great New England style full line bump trail. So there's a lot there's and then when we have the snow and it and the opportunity, skiing off the backside on the snow fields, I, it it's an experience like no other in the East. And it's just a a really just a tremendous overall experience for anybody who's who's skiing here. Tom, I know you also oversee the uh, the outdoor center at the resort, which
0: boasts Maine's largest Nordic center. And according to the Cross-Country Ski Areas Association, sales of cross-country skis and equipment were up more than 30% on average last year. Do you notice that explosion in, I mean, obviously since the pandemic, people wanted to get out and ski. Do you still
3: see that interest in cross-country skiing increasing, or is it sort of plateaued? No, we definitely see it increasing. And one of the key indicators for us is, well, not only our, our past sales, but really the number of people taking lessons. Our ski school down there has really just kind of been a, a smaller operation, but every year we're adding more, we, we need more instructors just to handle the volume of Nordic lessons that are Nordic lesson requests that, that we're getting. So it's it's been steady steady growth. I mean, COVID certainly out explode that. One of the really nice things that we do, and Trigolov has of a, a, just an amazing relationship. with the Town of Caravassa Valley, the the outdoor center itself. Maybe re- remember this from our Q and A about the outdoor center a couple of years ago. was that it? The town owns the land of the outdoor center, and Trigolov manages it for them. We lease it and manage it for them he goes, so one of the things after the mountain closed and once we have, if we have a lot of snow, even after the outdoor center closes, we'll keep, we'll continue grooming for our Nordic skiers. And he goes, just so they're, they're able to keep skiing. And it's just a, it's just a really unique experience and a wonderful, it's a gem. Everybody who goes down there will say, oh my God, I never knew this existed. And he goes, and it's a hidden secret. And we don't want it to be a secret. We want people down there. I have stayed at
1: Sugar Tree numerous, numerous times, and I always take my cross-country skis with me when I'm up there because I can ski right out of there to the outdoor center and without getting in the car. It's just, as you said, a true gem.
3: That really makes the experience, the ability. When people come here, you don't want to have to drive all over the place. I mean, because you could park your car and you can forget it. So staying at the Sugar Tree is a perfect example. I mean, you stay there and you can hop on your... On your Nordic gear and just a little bit down the Snubber Trail, and then boom, you're on the Nordic Center Trails. And then when you come online, you're in a good spot. You sit there, you go soak in the hot tub, you go for a workout. I mean, it's all right there at the Sugar Tree Club as well. But yeah, we don't want people to have to worry about driving. It's park your car and forget it. You do enough of that in your way you're home Ethan, Sugarloaf has always been
1: known as that skiers mountain. The skiers that come out of there, are are hardcore they're real why why don't you give us a view of the upper
2: steeps and bracket basin which i love yeah yeah that's that's definitely something that we're known for and it's funny that you you say that about sugarloaf skiers it's it's something when you ski here a lot and then you go you go elsewhere (laughs) it is something you notice that when you ride the chairlift here you see a lot of high level skiers going underneath here and, and making turns and it's noticeable when you go off <laughs> and I, I hope that's not offensive to skiers elsewhere but it, it is true or I sound and and a lot of that probably is from that terrain that you were talking about that does the the top part of the mountain has some some really steep terrain white nitro is among the, the steeper trails in the east and we have snow making on it so it can be pretty reliably open once uh, once we're able to make snow and uh, it's 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 really unique terrain. It's very steep, very exposed, and it, it really feels kind of like a, a Western ski experience when you're up there in the snowfields and, and on white nitro. And uh, Bracket Basin and Burnt Mountain, that's some of our, our newest terrain over the last decade or so. That's all. Gladed area in the, the Burnt Mountain area of the resort, which is the, the peak neighboring Sugarloaf, and it's several hundred acres of glades. Some are very steep and and tight, others are more wide open, like a a Western type experience. And but you can spend all day over there on a powder day and just never ski the same line twice. There's there's just so much space over there, and it's uh, there's so much space that it can. Be days after a storm and not be tracked out in certain areas over there. So it it really added a whole new aspect to skiing at Sugarloaf. Well, you can you can have that sort of backcountry white type experience where you get off the lift, ski into the woods, and maybe you don't come out of the woods for for a couple hours. But you can also still have the standard resort experience on that, the the regular trail network as well. So. It really, really rounded out what we have to offer, and it, it makes a, a pretty unique offering in Eastern
0: skiing. Speaking of Bracket Basin, that was part of the big 2020 year, 10-year plan. Um, now we're in Sugarloaf 2030, another 10-year plan. Can you give us an update on where we are there, what sort of enhancements might be coming this year, et cetera?
2: Yeah, it's, it's really exciting. We're, we're sort of in a, the final phases of the, the permitting stage of that project. And we're hopeful that that is all going to go through very soon, possibly within, within days or, or, or weeks. But, and if, as soon as that permitting process is done, we're going to, we're going to start with the, the, the logging and the, the construction portion of the project. But it's, it's all on West mountain is the big piece of the development. And we're, we're developing about 450 acres of terrain on west mountain it's going to include a new. High-speed quad chairlift that is a very significant chairlift. It's about the length of the super quad, same vertical rise as Skyline, so about fifteen hundred vertical feet. And uh, it'll include twelve new alpine trails. And we we're actually just doing the math on it before this. It's it's one hundred and seventeen acres of new alpine trails, which is a ten percent increase in our in our total skiable acreage that we'll be adding. And if you take just that west mountain pod with the new terrain and the new lift it'll be close to 300 acres of beginner and intermediate terrain serviced by a a high speed quad with 1500 vertical feet so just that west mountain pod will rival a lot of ski areas in size and it's going to be a kind of a transformational development for Sugarloaf, especially for families, for beginners, for intermediates. It's going to be a, a really incredible new skiing pod over there on Westbound. And that's just the skiable terrain that we're talking about. There. There's also a, a lot of real estate development that'll be happening over there. New ski-in, ski-out homes, home lots where, where people can build ski-in, ski-out homes to suit their needs. And it's... It's probably, not probably, it's definitely the the biggest development project since we added the super quad in the mid-90s and developed all that terrain in terms of what it adds and how it's going to transform the ski area.
1: That's amazing.
2: It's exciting.
1: It's not amazing. It's exciting to see this push to make Sugarloaf and take Sugarloaf to another level completely. It's some good stuff.
2: Yeah, and it, it, we're really excited about the the intermediate and beginner terrain. It's going to add, Tom was talking before about the, the beginner terrain we have and how the mountain's a great place already for people learning to ski and, and families. But this is going to take it to really a, a, whole not, a whole nother level and just introduce so much new terrain for, for that type of a skier. Sugarloaf will still, I think, always be known for our, our more advanced terrain, the steeps, the glades, the snowfields and things like that. But there's there's a lot more to offer and this is going to really bolster that. What did it mean to have the return of the Reggae Fest last year? It was great. Hey, the uh, weather did not cooperate. For us <laughs> <last year. laughs> when does it? But rarely, yeah. But uh, it was great nonetheless. We we actually kind of poured rain the afternoon of, of the, the Saturday of Reggae Fest, which is, is obviously not what you want. But the, the crowd really proved that they will... They will come and they will party and dance and drink and listen to reggae, no matter what the weather is, because it was ultimately one of our our best reggae festivals we've ever had in terms of numbers of people and and ticket sales revenue and everything like that, in spite of probably the worst weather we could ever dial up for a reggae Saturday. But it was great. it was great to kind of have that get back to normal. Tom. You guys, are you guys the only one outside of up
1: at the Gatsby Peninsula up G- that's offering cat skiing at this point?
3: I believe so. Yeah. That's
1: that's amazing. The West has it everywhere. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on with the cat?
3: Yeah, cat skiing, it's just such a... What, it's wonderful that we're able to, to offer it and that we have that kind of drain. I mean, I suppose anybody could run a cat up the hill and call it cat skiing. But the fact that we actually have the legit terrain to do it and the glades on a t- totally separate mountain from Sherdwell's and for forever, we've always looked up there and like, geez, if we could ski up there, it'd be spectacular. And then when they started cutting glades and then the idea of cat skiing came in, it just, it, it's unreal. So having that, that experience, it's just so unique. And every time that we've, we've run it, it goes, it's been well-received, the skiing is truly spectacular as far, because it's totally different from the experience that you'll have on the hill. Even the glades feel different than they do on Shugloof proper. Burnt mountain has just a unique, and it's not excessively steep or anything out of the ordinary about it, but there's actually, there's some really wonderful kind of moderate pitches. That's great for people just getting into skiing off-piste. It's it, it kind of opens up windows for right. a lot of people, a lot of different, a lot of different ability levels for being up there. It plus the views from Burn Mountain of Sugarloaf are just unparalleled. I mean, you think, oh my gosh, Cora is good. It yeah. goes that's you get up there and it's oh, holy smokes, this is unreal. And it really gives you a, a great perspective of the backside of Sugarloaf and, and the pitch of those trails that, that Sugarloaf is just known. For. One of the country's, well, one of the country's top ski academies, Carabasset
0: Valley Academy calls Sugarloaf its home. What sort of influence does that school have on the mountain? And how
3: how does that marriage work out? I think the, I mentioned earlier, kind of the, the relationship between Sugarloaf and the town. And there is a similar relationship that CVA and and Sugarloaf have. And to be honest, I mean, all three, I mean, Sugarloaf's, Town and C and CVA works very closely together to make programming happen this year. Yeah, yeah, we've worked with CVA and to what they call the podium project, and we built a T bar on competition hill for for the academy to, and for racers to help facilitate their training. One of the things on a smaller level, when you're learning how to ski in little kids, if you've been up to Sugarloaf, you've seen our moose traverse, and it the the reason our our ski school has been so successful is getting younger kids to ski is because of the mileage that, and the boost is a sled towed behind a, a snowmobile. And the amount of laps that a kid can get in a day, the amount of vertical that a three, four, and five-year-old can get in a day is far surpass riding on the boost far surpasses anything that they could do riding a chair with. And the same applies for these racers Being able to have them on a T bar and being able to get the laps and get the reps in is a superior experience to, you know, training in gates and then skiing all the way to the bottom of the hill to ride the chairlift to come back down to it. Yes, they're getting mileage from skiing, but this is like focused practice on this T bar. So it's that kind of relationship really helps. And to see, I mean, these are world-class athletes. I mean, a lot of these kids go on to championships, caliber caliber races, world cups there. And their kids, a lot of the local kids who are in there, they're kids we've all grown up with. And their skills I mean, are just so impressive. And the other piece is there are kids at CBA who are, who are there, athletes who are there from all over the world. My, my two boys are at the academy right now. And their target, they have one of them Son has a good friend who's, who's Belgian. And so he's, he's he brings that culture and influence into the mix. And then there's another kid there who's from Turkey, brings another viewpoint influence into the mix. It's just, it's a wonderful experience overall to, to see that and to have that relationship with the school and that influence both at a high athletic level. These kids are extremely driven. So to have an academic experience for them And also that cultural experience, kids all over the country and the world that come here. It's great for our community.
1: Well, I'm going to start first off the Moose Caboose. My son grew up on it. It is awesome. It's one of those things that every resort should have and terrain to be able to use it on because he put in a lot of mileage, even on those windy days up top when everything else wasn't happening. But number two. I think you've, cre- CVA has put out a couple, many, many good athletes, but Bodie's not too bad, nor is Seth. You guys have some accolades with the athletes that you've put out for the U.S. internationally, by all means. What else is there to do for families and kids when, when the weather isn't perfect because we know Sugarloaf does get wind at times? What else can the families expect for the kids to do while they're there?
2: Well, certainly one of the the best options is uh, what we were already talking about, and that's the the outdoor center. And you can you can see that when it's a a bad weather day up on the hill, especially like one of those those January days, if the, the wind isn't cooperating, and it's really cold, you head down to the outdoor center and there's just a ton of people down there doing everything under the sun. They're they're ice skating at the skating rink, they're Snowshoeing, they're skiing it's just it's a it's an awesome place to go on those those adverse weather days and it's probably probably the the best option for kids there's lots of other things to do as well and we did just add a new a new retail store called amos and friends which is is geared towards kids and it's a it's a great way to and I, i say this from personal experience but it's a it's a great way to go and and blow a lot of money on toys (laughs) that they insist they have to have as a parent of a a six and an eight year old i can attest that there's lots of stuff in there that they will want and they will not leave without so so that in addition there's tons of restaurants there's there's tons of hiking and just there's there's lots of things to do outdoors in the winter even when the weather and the conditions on the hill are not ideal. And the other one I should mention is the, the anti-gravity center, which is a, a facility that uh, the town of Carabasa Valley owns and operates and CVA uses to train. But it has an indoor trampoline center. It has, I believe, this still the largest indoor skate park in the state of Maine. Basketball courts, climbing wall, wait, really, really cool facility, really great option for those days when the weather isn't perfect. Ethan, I know you have to run
0: soon, but I do want to ask you before we leave, what do they put in the bag burger and what makes it
2: so legendary? <laughs> it's the bag sauce, they, <laughs> <laughs> which is, they, they don't share the secret formula. It's at least half mayonnaise, but <laughs> we're, we're unsure. But they are they are <laughs> tremendous burgers. And yeah, featured in Ski Magazine, known throughout the world. The you can't, You really can't beat a bag burger
0: you know, the, we, we tried to get the secret recipe for the cookies at Pat's Peak. Now we can't get the secret recipe for the burgers at the Bag and Cattle. We're really coming up short here, Mike. <laughs> terribly, terribly. Guys, thank you very much for joining us. This was a pleasure. And uh, hopefully we'll be up at Sugarloaf skiing with you very soon.
4: All right. Thank you, guys. This was fun. Thanks, Ethan. Thanks for so having nice time. Thank you. And have a great holiday season. New England Ski Journal's Base Camp podcast will return after this.
2: Did you know knee injuries are the most frequent serious injuries in skiing? But an independent multi-year controlled study with thousands of participants at 13 different ski resorts proved that knee bindings reduce the risk of ACL injuries by 82%. To put it another way, knee bindings effectively eliminate 4 out of 5 of the knee injuries that happen on all other bindings. This extraordinary result is due to knee bindings patented lateral heel release that only opens in one direction. This unique feature allows the perfect balance between retention and release. If the heel opened in both directions, the estimated injury reduction would be limited to 20% instead of knee bindings proven 82%. Get all the details and your new bindings at KneeBinding.com. That's KneeBinding.com.
4: If you want to be inspired and informed on everything about the New England ski and outdoor scene, then you need to check out SkiJournal.com. SkiJournal.com delivers daily content on breaking industry news, tips, gear, dining, travel, entertainment, as well as all archived episodes of the Emmy-nominated New England Ski Journal TV Show and the Base Camp Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to New England Ski Journal, the longest-running regional ski magazine in the country. New England Ski Journal's award-winning writers and photographers bring all four seasons to your door with best-in-class coverage on skiing and the outdoors. Log on to SkiJournal.com and click on the subscribe button to get New England Ski Journal mailed to you today. New England Ski Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media, inspiring, informative, insightful. And now back to the Base Camp podcast. So we struck
0: out on the recipe for the bag burger, which is unfortunate. Hopefully we'll, we'll get lucky at some point. Sugarloaf. Christmas week is going to be busy with tons of events going on for families. Family skate night, marshmallow roasting, storybook snowshoe out, outdoor activity, horse and carriage rides, guided snowshoe safari, climb for a cure, hockey skate night, Amos the Moose book reading. It, it is just jam-packed up there, and I think that, that families going up there for the holiday week are truly going to find there are, are a few other places that are this immersive and this busy. For families of all ages,
1: the village will be filled up up there. There's a lot of private homeowners up there, and I can guarantee, even if the snow, if if Sugarloaf isn't completely open, everybody will be up there enjoying the festivities and getting their ski ski hats on, of sorts.
0: And let me just read this. I mean, this is this is cool. Storytime snowshoe safari with Amos the Moose. So you can go out with Amos the Moose and Blueberry the Bear and they'll send you on a trek through the woods where you discover storyboards along the way telling the story of Pierre the Lumberjack, $5 registration. If you've got kids, that's that's just awesome. They're getting them out out in the in the woods and getting them out in the snow with a story. It's funny, like when you give kids this sort of, I don't know, escape roomish sort of activity, they are totally all in. And this is a, a genius move by Sugarloaf. It should be a, a fun time. It's, it's going to be a blast. Blueberry the Bear, Blueberry's
1: still floating around my house and my son got blueberry a long time ago. He used to have to sleep with blueberry every night from Sugarloaf. It those were the the best of times. So memories start at Sugarloaf, stay with you for a lifetime.
0: And as we talked about with with uh, Ethan, the, the twenty thirty plan starting to come to fruition. Sugarloaf has become on acreage the biggest ski area in the Northeast, correct? I believe they have so i i think what they've done there over the past well now it's 12 years since they started in 2010 they've got eight more years of this of upcoming projects snowmaking system overhaul west mountain expansion yeah it, it, it just is truly remarkable how this place just keeps growing and growing and growing fellow boyne property sunday river is much in the same van with their expansion and then Loon, another Boyne property doing their South Peak expansion. Boyne is investing a lot of money and a lot of time and energy into making these three resorts world-class places to, to visit. They are putting a lot of
1: money into New England right now. Of course, Boyne has also added Pleasant. Of course, yes. Okay. Added one more thing to their list and they're growing. Boyne, the Kirshner family is is wonderful for the ski industry as a whole if Everybody doesn't know they also own this little place called Big Sky mm-hmm. and a place over in Washington called Crystal. Right. I mean, some incredible mountains that they have in their repertoire. Do you remember any of the any of the trails you skied over at Sugarloaf when you were there I, that one time? I
0: don't. I remember I did go to Bullwinkle's for lunch, and that was an experience. I did not get to the bag and kettle, so I didn't get a burger. But, no, I don't remember any of the trails. It was, it was a long time. I think, God, it was probably 11, 12 years ago. Well, Bullwinkle's
1: is awesome. I believe they were doing it. They added a restaurant up at Bullwinkle's, and they were doing dinners up there via cat at one point. Yeah. I don't know if they're still doing it. They but were. I, would, I know they were. Yeah, you're right. Which was pretty cool. The bag, oh, my God. The bag, the burgers, burgers are good. The curly fries, we had to go get curly fries every day at the bag. <laughs> and lastly, The pizzas are to die for and i'm gonna say the beers are awfully good too well
0: yeah i mean obviously
1: that's, i mean that's clear that that's clear so what
0: is your favorite trail or favorite area at should
1: my favorite area well i think to warm the legs up you got to go off the super quad nothing nothing gives you a better sense of enjoyment and high-speed turns like hayburner hayburner and king's landing are just great trails to just lay them out early in the morning when it's groomed. My favorite overall, though, is when the snowfields are open, you break into the snowfields, you climb up off of timberline, over the top, you get just silky turns up top on steeps, and then it goes right into Bracket Basin. It's, It's a feeling... The only place I've ever had the feeling like this in the east other than there... Would probably be off the chin mm-hmm. at Stowe up above tree line amazing and what's the what's the backside like? The backside is steep it's you know when when you look over all of maine when you 're standing up there it's the view is to die for because you 're so high up with no obstructions on right. that beautiful day. The backside is you 've got multiple lines to choose. realize that there is a time when You will feel it's beyond you, but keep your head screwed on straight and let them go downhill. The fall line is beautiful. I'm going to give you a little story here, Eric. Please Um, do. So many uh, moons ago, I was up there and took two of my 70-year-old friends up. They're both 20 years older than me. And I took them up there and Ted Tanner was with me. And I asked him to go ski the snowfields with me. I knew he could do it. I knew he was capable and he just wouldn't do it. And finally, I looked at him and said, I'm going to carry your skis up there for you because you got to, you got to take the skis off and climb a little bit to get it. And he agreed with me to go. And when he got up there at 70 years old, never, ever been up there before, was in awe at what he had just skied. He had never skied anything steeper. It was an experience that left him smiling,
0: and he's still smiling about it today. That's that's excellent. What a story. And I think that Sugarloaf's snowmaking efforts, obviously, we've seen the benefits of that. They had some upgrades over the summer, including the construction of a new mid-mountain booster pump house. That's enabled the snowmaking team to run more guns simultaneously, and... Look, we had such a slow start to the season that snowmaking is at a premium right now. Like even the the the, the mountains that have premium top notch systems are struggling. So as you as we head into to school vacation and we head into January and you're afraid of there no the snow is just not coming, keep an eye to the north and keep an eye to Sugarloaf. Right, we we look for the J cloud first of all, but then we look for that that system that covers Maine and and drops the the beautiful white gold all over the place. I think you predicted it's going to happen, right? It's going to (laughs) happen. We're going to get
1: those storms that come out of the West normally do not hit Sugarloaf with the same intensity. I say the same intensity, the same snow quantity Mm -hmm. that they would hit uh, Stowe, Sugarbush, and Jay. But the storms out of the Northeast, they're going to be there. We're going to get a couple of them. And that's where Sugarloaf, Sunday River, Wildcat, all are first in line. catch it all right they have the elevation they have the latitude being farther up north where they catch it and hold it i've always said this sugarloaf doesn't always get the most snow Mm -hmm. but sugarloaf holds the snow better than anybody in new england because of
0: where they sit excellent and hopefully we will see a lot of snow there this winter I'm, i'm banking on your predictions so hopefully they are correct mike
1: thank you very much Eric always loved talking about Sugarloaf. It is very special to me. There's not a better skiing hill in New England by all means. But as Ethan said, the skiers at Sugarloaf are real skiers. When you learn to ski on that hill, you become a skier very, very quickly. And you, you learn how to use the ski because you need it. You need to understand what
0: the ski can do and let the ski do it. And you will become a great skier yeah well i think the as great as great as seth westcott is i think the the biggest example of that is bode and just the way that he learned or progressed at Carabasset valley academy to become the world-class skier that he that he is taking those risks and taking all these sorts of different avenues a tremendous poster boy for that academy and the whole region at large
1: he's a poster boy for new england we're going to say for cannon mountain but cva Mm-hmm. where he raced cva is where he made his name and and he took
0: it to the world stage and as one of the best ever yep absolutely now he's in the skiing business or the ski making business which is very intriguing i'm interested to actually try those out mike thank you very much i want to thank east ethan and tom for joining us on this edition of the Basecamp podcast thank you for listening and we will catch you next time